Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour of the show is here. We're recapping the college football weekend and more. About to preview some NFL news and notes to get you ready for week one as football is back. The SEC back in full tilt. Some strong performances top to bottom and one loss. One loss, Chad. Such a great graphic. We'll, we'll retweet it from, uh, from OutKick360 also. But a big 13 and just Brian Kelly's face. Just his mug right the there. The one is Brian Kelly's face for all to see. 13 and one for the SEC. Mitchell Trubisky will be your week one starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals this coming weekend. and um, According to their unofficial depth chart. Well, and according to who their captain is. They named him a team captain today, one of five, I believe. Um, he's, he's their guy, at least for this week. You know, that's what we've all been saying. This is, this is Mitchell Trubisky's team <laughs> in the long term. <laughs> now, you, don't, you don't bring in Mitchell Trubisky – to not just hand this is like the Russell Wilson move for the Broncos. You bring in Mitch Trubisky to hand him the reins, and you just get out of the way. How long do you think it goes before we see Pickett, or, or do we see him at all? I think it entirely depends on how Trubisky does. Um, and That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah, how well, long? I think I think that Trubisky can work in what they do if Najee Harris works. I'm concerned about the Liz Frank. So well, it sounds like he's he's coming back from that. that. Yeah, I, I I know he's coming back from it, but I think it's something that's easy can easily resurface again. You rarely hear about a guy having a like a minor Liz Frank injury, and that's what yeah, this yeah. sounds like, right? So I'm a little skeptical of that. But if he's carrying the load the way we imagine that he can, and the defense is being a Pittsburgh defense, I think he could survive with Kenny Pickett. I mean, with uh, excuse me. With um, Trubisky, if he's playing efficient, error-free football, I think we Pickett's in by the bye. I think the bye week is week nine. I don't think it's as early as the minute the mini bye that happens right after week three. But he needs to do something bad to get himself out of there. I I, I think it's not going to be a. Uh, also, we think, just feel like it's time, kind of thing. I also don't think that he can just be. I don't think the team or the offense can just be winning games like 1916 or whatever. Like the, I don't like, the organization if, if the to me does not bad, give off a vibe that they're just willing to get by. Yeah, they'll they'll so, make the move if there's if the offense is if, is not getting it done, even if they're winning, or if the defense is doing his part, Paul, and they go on like this little two game skid. That's where my ears will perk up. Like what's what's going on in Pittsburgh when the defense is holding teams down and. They're doing everything they can except score the football offensively. There will be, I think there will be times where they will struggle, but not enough. 
until we get to the midway part of the season, and I think they turn things over. Their bye is week nine, Hutton, to what you were saying. Uh, leading up to that bye, they play at Buffalo. They play Tampa at home. They play at Miami, and they play in Philly. And then a bye week. It's a tough stretch. What's on the other side of the bye? New Orleans at home. Cincy at home. In Indy. I am really surprised how many people are high on New Orleans. Peter King this morning did his predictions. He loves New Orleans. Has a number one seed in the NFC. We'll give our predictions later on on the Saints. And I've turned mine in last week. Um, It's hard to overlook their defense, though. Their defense is really good. Really good. And they have a running back in the backfield that's not suspended. So... Well, I think there's two factors of why, if you don't like the Saints, why not to like them? The head coaching change and, and James Winston. Yeah. Those are my two reasons. I'm not nearly as high on them as, as uh, a lot of people oh, who are Oh, number one on. seed is crazy to me. Yeah. I'm not going that high. But the, I, they can win the division. Well, the key to them winning the division is obviously that they've owned the Bucks head-to-head. And they'll need to do that again if, if they're going to win the division. I think the other two teams are uh, eminently beatable uh, because Carolina and Atlanta are not nearly as roster talented. We kick off the season on Thursday night. Rams hosting the Bills in uh, what is going to be a fun, uh, a fun game between those two offenses and defenses for that matter. But the Rams bringing it back, the Bills with Super Bowl aspirations and... Uh, a chance for the Rams to not only hang a banner, but hand the Bills a first loss. Consider what's at stake here, and we'll tie it in to the Mid-South area. So the Bills open up on the road against the Rams. They'll then host the Titans in Week 2. Monday night. And you potentially have a chance to send the Bills to 0-2 if you're the Tennessee Titans Bills on Monday Night Football. are an incredibly, incredibly popular, not just uh, get to the Super Bowl pick, but win the Super Bowl. Um, it's a, a NFL Network had like 26 people make picks, and they're like, mm, I don't know, two-thirds, three-quarters of them have the Bills winning the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I don't know what the odds are, but I think they're hands down the, the favorite to win it. Um, I like them a lot. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I pick them because uh, everybody's picking them, and I, I don't find it much fun to, to go with uh, the universal pick. But uh, they are in prime position to go and do it. I think they've made improvements in the, in the areas where, uh, you know, continue to improve the pass rush, which is the number one thing that they had to doubt. So just to put in perspective how high people are on the Bills – the Bills are the road favorite Thursday night by two and a half. Against the defending Super Bowl champions. That haven't changed. They brought them back. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be jumping on that money line for the Rams in, in week one at home. I could totally see the Bills going out there and, and winning it. Of course. I mean, I, I, they, they have a team that is stacked. But both of them do. Yeah, it should be great. Both of them do. And what an opening night. The, the other big matchups, guys, um, just are around the league. So we'll open up. How is it as an opening weekend? Is it good? It's, I love it. Um, so let me go through here. Let me pull it up because my app is not working currently. I had all this figured out and saved for us. 
All right, week one, uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. Of course, Cleveland and Carolina. Intriguing. Is one that we'll be watching Sunday at noon. Big day for Baker Mayfield. Trey Lance debuts on the road in Chicago for San Francisco. Soft landing. I would say. Perfect start for them. Should I be. mean, even even if Chicago's defense gives him a hard time, they're not going to be scored on <laughs> very much. Uh, I, I mean, over-under should be relatively low on that game. And Chicago's over-under in terms of scoring points, I would think, is 13. Um, Cincinnati's hosting pit. We mentioned that. Detroit hosts Philly. So you have, this is intriguing just based on the – I don't think Detroit is a playoff team, but Detroit is, I think, a much improved team. And I think they have the best offensive line in football. Well, Detroit's going to be a big favorite after people watch Hard Knocks and watch them on that, too, because it's a likable group with Dan Campbell. Um, that that game is is interesting to me also. We've talked about it a lot, too, that that Lions offensive line is, is no joke. Um, that's a fun one. I'm curious about the spread on some of these right as we talk about them, trying to get in here and see. I, I mean, I, Which one I think, would you like to know, I Paul? think Philadelphia Philly's a four point favorite. win that game by a touchdown. But that's, that's one of those that – Yeah, three and a half I've got. There are a couple of week one – week one to me is so difficult. The NFL in, in and of itself is very unpredictable, especially when it comes to spreads. But the and Vegas is so dead on with these. But the the week one aspect of this, where you have a coaching staff, there you can have a terrible coaching staff that looks very good in week one. Yes, because you have three months, four four months to prepare for your opponent in some way. And I'm not here to sit and say that they're starting to prepare for their week one opponent in May when the schedule comes out. But you you are able to analyze everything overanalyze everything about your opponent and you can pull off some things that you've been working on all off season in, in some trick plays and different things that you stack offensively to catch your opponent off guard that you can't prepare for. Um, so it, I, I mentioned Detroit as one of those Houston hosting Indy. This is where we find out the difference between Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, not individually, but the perception of the, of those two guys within the locker room itself and the focus and attention to detail and the coaching aspect of what Matt Ryan does versus what they were asking Carson Wentz to do. And I think we see an indie offense that turns into a run first, best player on our team is in the backfield group. They were not big, that that's the year. big question about Frank Reich. Does he have the discipline to do it? And we find out if Houston has done anything to give Davis Mills proper help. Uh, he's got a running back that they're very high on now. And, um, you know, they keep talking about liking the quarterback. That's great. Does he have an offensive line? Does he have people to throw to? Who did Does he have a defense to get the ball back? Who did the Texans beat a year ago in week one? Was Jacksonville. it in Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Okay, so that was the, that was the big surprise. Because they were, you know, they're two, they're looked like wins. they were tanking. Yeah, well, they were trying to give somebody um, a win out of the game. That is the biggest point spread of the week. Eight Minus and eight I've for Andy. Eight and a half and at FanDuel. I said two wins. They're, they're favored two times this year, Houston. Or is it the other way around now? No, Jacksonville's favored twice this year. Both times over Houston. Houston is not favored. If you, were go to, all, if you go to Vegas year? and bet any game right now on any spread, they're not favored one time. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, which does not so, surprise me which again. Means they're they're a favorite home for the number one pick. They're a home team and the biggest underdog of the week. 
at eight points. Now, if they love Davis Mills coming out of this season, they are in line if if they have that kind of year. Yep. So if he's good enough in a year where they are the worst team in football, which is a tough equation, right? Yep. But it's tough, tough math. It's r- tough to pull off. You have to work hard at that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Very tough equation. We're, hey, we're one in sixteen, but, but we man, like we believe in our quarterback. Right. But they could trade that number one pick for a damn haul, haul, haul to somebody that wants Stroud or Young or whoever emerges as the number one pick. They'd be in unbelievable shape. Uh, moving through the rest of the week one um, matchups, Miami hosts New England. This is, uh, of course, uh, a Dolphins team in the same spot last year, went on the road and won 17-16 at New England. They've just reversed it here. So you're familiar with what they're doing? They are the, – the Patriots are in Miami tomorrow. They're doing this like it's a West Coast trip. They've had so much trouble in Miami that they are traveling to Miami tomorrow and they're spending the whole week there. Interesting. Now, you know, we know what kind of hold Belichick has over his guys and how he gets their attention and their focus. But they are also in Miami and they do not have 24-hour control over guys no matter where they are. Can he give them a curfew during the week? I don't think by NFLPA rules he can. I'm not saying these guys are going out and partying all week at the same time. Like you're trying to distraction-proof a trip. Are you safer in Miami? Are you safer with guys going home to their wife and kids? I I don't know. Well, where are they staying in Miami? I I don't know. But (laughs) you you can only be in the middle of nowhere to such a degree in Miami. This does not feel like a Belichick... It feels like a Are panic. Sunrise? No, this feels like weather related to me for some reason. I am I am a proponent of this, and the NFL schedule makers screw over the schedule shouldn't be and home. fans the first two weeks of every year. The Miami Dolphins should not be allowed to play at home. We're we're in the middle of hurricane season, and I'm not like, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Right. But Tendency Every is, single preseason that I have st- stepped foot in Miami, there has either been a weather delay or a hurricane is bearing down on the stadium and they have to force this game through to get us back to the airport and get you. We I, were there for there, an eight-hour game and we were there for a Saturday Chad, game. Chad, will you please pull up the forecast from Miami? I would guarantee you right now it is something in the Atlanta. It is storming and rain starting around Wednesday if they're leaving today. They're trying to get ahead of all this crap because this happens every year in South Beach. So one, Either week one or week two, there is a weather delay with their game. Sunday, high of 90, low of 80, 50% chance of thunder showers. There will be a lightning delay in that game. There is a 50, that 50 to 60% chance of thunder showers. It's fine right now. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday through Wednesday, 50 to 60% chance the entire time. There will be lightning uh, strikes and delays, Paul, in this game. Yeah, but I don't know that it would have prevented them. uh, That forecast wouldn't have prevented them from getting down there. That's fair. So it's a combination of things. Look, he's had trouble winning down there. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to change it up. He's obviously, from what I read, he had very little to say about (laughs) it. But also, you know, I don't know. I think it stretches the bounds of what you can do with your players. Like it's one, it's an accepted thing that you could take your team to the West Coast and stay out there for a week between two West Coast games. But is it an accepted thing that you could just decide you're taking your team in the same time zone to uh, for a week of practice whenever you want? I, I I don't know. 
But if I'm a player, I don't know that I'm thrilled about it, like that you could do it whenever you want. If my kid's got a dance recital on Thursday night, you know? So he says there are a number of combination of factors. This is Belichick. There are a number of combination of factors, but in the end, it all looks like it's set up fairly well here. So we'll travel on Tuesday instead of Saturday. We'll already be down there. We'll be able to just focus on the Dolphins. Hasn't liked the focus it's previously a, against the Dolphins. I don't a, think it's that's the only reason the Dolphins the have been given this them The article makes it read, it's, they were not sure if they were going to need to leave Friday or Saturday. So they went to Tuesday. You know what, guys? Those days are bad. Let's do it Tuesday (laughs) instead. Vandy went to Hawaii on a Tuesday, (laughs) I think, to to show you the difference. That's a few time zones over when they played there. But they they have won. I'm looking through. They they won seven of the last nine in Miami Miami. against the Patriots. Nebraska uh, went to Dublin on a Tuesday (laughs) in advance of their game on a Saturday. And they're going to Miami from New England on a Tuesday. (laughs) It's a very big reaction. Do you think the Colts will... Travel ahead to, to Jacksonville? Jacksonville and sleep in that say, empty town? No, they'll just blame it on Wentz. That would be funny. You know, to get focused on the season, we're just going to spend every week in Jacksonville. <laughs> 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 you can't go home. You're not going to be in your home. Well, I'm not sure if this works. We really want to focus on these games. So I know we're playing in Vegas this week, but we're going to go to Jacksonville to prepare. Imagine the Patriots win 50 to nothing, and Bill just says, you know, we're going to start traveling on, uh, on Tuesdays. Every, well, he just to every away game. Random places in, in the NFL that nothing's going on in that <laughs> town that week. We're going to Cincinnati. Remember what Joe Burrow had to say <laughs> about Cincinnati? Don't want to say anything bad about Cincinnati, but there's not a ton of distractions here, so that's great. It'll do wonders for the travel budgets of the media outlets that cover uh, yes. the Patriots. Coming up, uh, <laughs> the there's Boston eight Globe other is games going under. <laughs> on the week one slate. We'll review those, and we'll also tell you about the, uh, the injury updates with uh, the Tennessee Titans and what to expect now with Harold Landry not in the lineup as they will host the New York Giants this Sunday on Fox. That's next to Now Kick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Some news and notes around the NFL as we welcome you back to Outkick 360. Across the Outkick network, the Steelers have listed Mitchell Trubisky as QB1 on their unofficial depth chart. The Cowboys are signing former Eagles All-Pro Jason Peters. They need help on the offensive line. He's old, but when he's right, he can still play, I think. And James Robinson... Slated to play Sunday at Washington. And that's where we pick up on the week one slate. James Robinson, the running back for the Jags. So it's Jacksonville at Washington at noon. And that's the final, going back to our previous segment, the final of the noon one Eastern kickoff times. Do we remember why he found himself in Urban Meyer's doghouse a year ago? What happened that he was on the outs with Urban Meyer? Um, The last time I remember talking about James Robinson was... 
that he was kind of excommunicated from the team at one point under Urban Meyer. I don't know if I ever saw a follow-up story because soon after that, Urban Meyer was out. Maybe he disagreed with Urban staying back on that Thursday night trip. <laughs> Coach, I have a question. What? Why do we have to fly back with the team if you don't have to? You know what, James? Get Can out I of stay here. in Cleveland? Yeah. GTFO. I like Ohio. GTF out of this meeting room right now. And how about Robert Sala saying that Zach Wilson has a chance to play against the Ravens? I wonder if that's gamesmanship. I guess. You go prepare for all our quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it does much good in gamesmanship. Well, they, they, I don't, I, it rarely is much good in gamesmanship, but everybody plays the game. Arizona hosts Kansas City. That could be a good one. Well, this is Kansas City, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This is test number one of Cardinals offense without their main target in Hopkins in this game. So we can't take a ton away from week one a lot of the time. I feel like we're going to take a lot away from Arizona, who typically comes out of the gates hot and then gets worse as the year goes on based on what they're going to look like with suspension uh, D- yeah. uh, uh, Hopkins in this, right? That, that I, I, There's going to be a big takeaway for me with Arizona and just how good they are offensively without Hopkins. This is also a battle of two teams that treated the preseason exactly the opposite. Kansas City played a ton of their stars in every game, and Arizona did not. Arizona opening up. You have the spread there, Paul? Chap? It's four and a half. Four and a half, okay. KC is a four and a half point favorite on, on the, the road. road. Chargers and Raiders, this is where we get the intrigue here, right out of the shoot for this division with the Raiders and the Chargers. Chargers are hosting Las Vegas. Josh McDaniels, his debut as head coach. Um, of course, Devontae Adams is there. Uh, Derek Carr with high aspirations. Uh, the Raiders have added to their defense the same way the Chargers have over the last 12 months. This is a good game. Well, I love that we On we paper, come, this might be my favorite one to watch. But you come in right out of the gates with this, right? I mean, the the... What we're going to remember all offseason was Staley at the end of that game and the gaffes he made relying on analytics that so, cost them a playoff spot. And now you come right back. of Every Chargers person, fan, everyone around that team remembers that, and then you get them first week. And yeah, also, also, I love this game. There are, you know, I would say seven out of ten reporters, if we polled them and you said, hey, give us – how many playoff teams come out of that division? I'd say three. I think I'd say most, most would say most three would say of the three. four. Yep. If you believe that, this game is for the third spot. Like There's one of these matchups early on that we're going to forget about will end up playing a factor at the end of December, early I st- January. I still think, yes. I still think Denver is the fourth team. In that division, a lot of people think the Raiders but, will be. I mean, I, it but feels, yeah, Hunt, yeah. it feels like every single one of these games amongst this division, the feeling is this is for third place. And we, <laughs> this is for the last playoff spot. That's the, that's the sense you get in all of these games. And I was thinking about the Raiders over the weekend with something I saw on NFL Network. And the Raiders, to me, we should have mentioned them, and we still can this week, of one, they can end up being a surprise team of the NFL even though they're a playoff team from a year ago, 
in that division, if they were to surprise everyone and win that division, that would be the big shocker that everyone would point to in Josh McDaniel's first year. Green Bay on the road at Minnesota. New look Minnesota One, one thing offense. about that division for yeah. a second. On, on the Raiders, I liked the Raiders. Uh, and then I had Blake Benningfield in for, for that segment last week, the former Titan scout. He was just saying, like, the moves they're making, some of the guys they're cutting, it's fine if you demote those guys. But then and have them on the back end of your roster. But when you're cutting a guy like Leatherwood, who could be a four position backup for you as you retrain him, he's better than the guy you're cutting him for. And they're just washing their hands of too many guys and replacing them with who? He doesn't think that he's they're replacing some of those guys with guys who are better than they are. And he's he's leery of of that kind of roster construction when a new regime comes in and says, Well, those guys didn't cut it as starters. We're done. And, and then you replace it with inferior guys. And they figured it out depth. fast, too. Well, sh- shock the Alabama guy had a problem with him cutting the Alabama guy in <laughs> Blake. Well, in he, that, was, say, he was saying they're doing that with a lot of people. Well, they're doing that with Leatherwood because they're sending a message, too, that his level of output is not going to be tolerated, regardless of draft position. And that, that can sound hokey, but that seems like something Josh McDaniels would do. Yeah. Based on where he's coming from, right? I, I get it, but I, I, I tend to agree with the idea that do you have a guy better than Alex Leatherwood as your backup left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard? I doubt that they do well, based on where they are. I, I don't know, but, I mean, that's them saying we have someone at least close. Well, we're gonna, So we we're going to send out. the message because we got someone close to him that's an undrafted guy. Well, the bigger message, it seems to me, with the mass exodus of, of their guys is we don't want anything to do with the old regime. And yeah. that can be dangerous. It's like an AD. You've got to bridge it. A new AD coming in, you know, yeah. getting rid of the coaching staff. Green Bay on the road at Minnesota. I thought of this game, guys, because we had the discussion about that division being a two-team race at the top. If Minnesota's going to have a chance, it's time to win head-to-head and win your home games. Yeah, and, 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 and beat, a, beat, a, beat a Green Bay offense that has not been together for right. all that long That's, and has not practiced together nearly at all this offseason. That could be a real jump starter game for the Vikings. That's the key. You know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been around. He's bringing his new receivers in and giving them a tongue lashing or a pep talk or yeah. however you want to say it. And now week one, coming right out of the gates, remember the Packers game number one a year ago. They got destroyed, destroyed by New Orleans in Jacksonville. It could be a popular Sharps game. pick. I won't be surprised if that's a popular Sharps pick. It's, it's on, You're right. It's definitely one to watch. Green Bay is eventually going to be fine, but if you're looking for them to struggle, if you're looking for them to struggle, early is the time for them to struggle. And this is one where the young coaching staff, I say young coaching staff, young head coach, um, you get to circle Green Bay from your first for your first game, they've been working on this way longer than your average team has worked on week one, in my opinion, for this matchup. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Dallas and Tampa, where 50 million plus are going to watch this broadcast on Sunday Night Football. Cowboys hosting this game, of course. This is the hottest ticket we went through, the StubHub. All the tickets for all season, the toughest ticket per price is this one. Where Brady and the Bucks enter Big D. 
And that may be, well, it's one of the highest over-unders of the week. Tampa's a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. That's another one. We just got done talking about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers not really being around a lot. Tom Brady took 11 days off. Then training camp, he's back. There's reports and rumors about you know family life maybe being an issue right now. There's actual reports out there about that. Um, one to watch for me with Tampa, which I'm sure people are listening and saying, yeah, okay. We've been talking about Tom Brady having a problem for a while and it never seemingly happens. So he's going to be just fine. Well, I mean, he's we've seen him struggle. I mean, in 2019 with New England, you know, he looked old and looked like his career was coming in. And then he was revigorated in Tampa. And now it seems, you know, you're looking for signs of the decline. We have been for a while, though. It's not a decline, though, with me. The, the, the New England thing was absolutely, I thought he was physically done. I mean, I thought, you know, he was speeding up the process of trying to get rid of the ball, and I thought that was a sign of, oh, he's old, and this is the decline. I don't think he's physically declined. I really wonder how much he's into this whole thing. I think and we're going to start to find out. I think this is his escape. And it has been for years. Could be. Maybe Dallas slows him in this game, but what can uh, Dallas do on offense itself? Sorting things out, minus a couple good receivers. Um, what is Gallup's status going into this week? He's, he he's, was, not, he's not playing. He's Okay. He, he's out for at least a couple weeks, but not long enough to have gone on PUP or uh, IR. So they have uh, C.D. Lamb overtaking the number one wide receiver spot. Dalton Schultz, their franchise tag, tied in. Ezekiel Elliott is back alongside. Um, uh, they, they, they've got options in the backfield, and I think it's more of a split situation. Um, and Dak Prescott generally plays well early in seasons. He does. I won't be, I won't be stunned if Dallas wins this by a couple scores, but at the same time, I don't think of it as any demarcation on Tampa's season either. Because I think Dallas is pretty good. They just they have self-inflicted wounds. Are we going to – what if – oh, so what if they come out – I don't know if we can see who the you know, referee it, is. With week what one, if they come out with like 15 penalties that's reminiscent of last year? Which is completely possible. Their first preseason game, they came out with 14. Could be a coaching change quickly. That's the case. <laughs> oh. yeah. Sean Payton come off of uh, – did he sign a TV deal or not? Yes, yeah, he's Sean, on Amazon. He's right? Sean Payton's with Amazon. Uh, finally, Monday night, Seattle hosting Denver and Russell Wilson in uh, what everyone was predicting as just a one eight hundred blowout. I am shocked. It's a six point spread, and that's it. If you ask me, what's going to be the bigger line: Houston hosting Indy or Denver in Seattle? I would think Denver's a bigger favorite, but. They're not. They're a six-point favorite. Indy's an eight-point favorite Seattle's in defense Houston. may be underrated. I mean, that's where, if that spread is on, that's where it comes from. Well, Seattle's defense last year did not give up many points, but they nearly, um, if they didn't lead the NFL, they were top five in the NFL in yards allowed. So they, they buckled down in the red zone and did not allow many points last year compared to the yards, like the, the lopsided aspect of those two numbers were alarming um and again i think a lot of these spreads comes down to 
it, it is, it's extreme. It's hard to predict it anyway. It's extremely hard to predict it in week one. I don't know how you guys watch week one. I, I've learned, obviously, never overreact to what happens in week one in the NFL. But what I often do with week one, if I think a team sucks, mm-hmm. and they in fact suck in week one, that to me confirms it in one week. Check. I'm done. Check. I don't ever say, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to the Seahawks 17-point loss at home to the Broncos, I think, oh, I thought they were going to suck, and guess what? They sucked. And then they're going to suck the rest of the way. Titans. But with everyone else, I say, especially if a team is supposed to be good, good chance. don't overreact to what happens in week one. Titans and Giants is a 325 kickoff on Sunday. Uh, the game will be the big game on Fox for that mid-afternoon time slot. Uh, here Thank in Nashville. you, New York market. Yeah, here in Nashville. And it is a, a matchup between a team that sucks, and a team that should be pretty good. But it's also a bit of an unknown with how they're going to use Saquon Barkley, how much they're going to roll out Daniel Jones, and the era of Mike Kafka as a play caller begins in New York this Sunday because he's going to be the OC. Dayball's going to give him the play calling duties uh, for the uh, former Chiefs assistant who would be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs over the last couple of years, if Eric Bieniemy ever interviewed well and took a job. So the Titans just put out their initial depth chart, uh, you know, the first one after the yeah. 53. And they've got Demarcus Walker as the starting defensive end with Tierra Tart and Jeffrey Simmons. And they just put Danico Autry at outside linebacker in Harold Landry's place. But I specifically asked Danico Walker, uh, Danico uh, Autry in the locker room, does this change at Harold Landry change anything for you in terms of how much you'll play outside? And he said, no, we don't play the same position. It won't. So this is a, um, a depth chart convenience not an actual, oh, they'll just put Autry in Landry's spot. So, so he's they, not they did expecting. not move Weaver up. That, no, not on this depth chart. So they don't, it's a way for them to, to get Walker up and to, uh, to just manipulate Autry into a different spot. So it's not entirely accurate. Shock, shock. So they, okay. So they moved Demarcus Walker up, an undrafted dude. But well, they won't. They won't put Weaver up into the spot where we all know he's going to yeah, play. Well, Demarcus Walker, you know, is a guy they got from the Texans, who they like a lot and who who's very good. And I think he will play that defensive end position. And they probably will have this personnel on the field some. But I think Rashad Weaver will probably be in that outside linebacker uh, spot. They will. Just they as, they as will often. use Autry some on the outside. Yes. I, I mean, but, they're going to move him around. But yeah, he's not going to be. Uh, look, the Harold Landry loss is not going to be replaced by one set or one person. So we're going to see Weaver there. I would think we'd see Ola Adeni there, unless Craig Aukerman just has to have him on every special team and they can't bear to use him. <laughs> and we'll see sets with irreplaceable with special teamer there. Yeah, I, I agree, Paul. This is it's a lot like losing Derrick Henry in a way. Not, it, it, not Henry impacted the team more his his loss. But the the uh, by committee aspect of what it took to, to replace, replace him—that's comparable. This is very similar in, in that regard because they're losing a little bit of everything with with Landry. 
You have a lot of guys that do the do something very well, like their their little area of pass rush. And I thought the one the one big thing they're losing with Landry is he could do uh, everything well. He had added a, a second move to his, you know, to the to the tricks of of the trade, all that. And um, uh, Weaver said, you know, I can't overdo it. You know, there are a lot of empty snaps there with Landry off the field because we know he played over 90% of the snaps. Uh, but I just have to be ready. I can't I, I, emphasis on he can't overdo it, you know, uh, which I think is a good attitude. You know, you can't all of a sudden be chomping at the bit trying to do everything that, that Harold did, which isn't necessarily Weaver's game. But I think a capable guy who in committee can, uh, can yeah, maybe do some – Deontay Foreman stuff to stick with your uh, comparison. Yeah, and what made Weaver so valuable is he's coming off the bench and he's giving you relentless effort for twenty to twenty-five snaps. He's at got most. nice size. You know, he. I don't. The only guy I've been able to see that I would describe as in that same tone, and they're not in the same conversation right now. But the only guy I've seen that could do it for sixty snaps instead of twenty-five is Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah, you know that relentless. Snap after snap, just pure pass rush, bull rush, straight at you. Straight energy. Yes. At all times. And that's Weaver. But it's in a smaller dose. And now you're asking him to crank it up a little bit. Um, the, the one other note from Titans while we're on him, uh, Josh Gordon, we met for the first time today. He's asked about, you know, obviously he had marijuana issues, uh, addiction issues, but he also had mental health issues that he, he's talked about. He was asked about that said he's in a great place. You know, last year was tough on everybody with COVID, with the economy, with all of that stuff. He said uh, that Titans have extended him every resource and he intends to take advantage of those. You know, obviously he wants to play. He would love to play. He has to do all he can to showcase what he can do. Um, and I asked him about his production over the last two seasons, which he's played, which is over the last three years because he was suspended the year in the middle. He only has 32 catches with three teams over those two years. He said, it's hard to build that trust, man. You come into some of those places where guys have relationships for 10 years or for six years. I know I'm coming in behind the eight ball. That's my issue that I have to you know, get past and prove myself with, with new people. And he's determined to do that. He's a very balanced, reasonable, interesting, thoughtful guy. A, a tweet just came across, by the way, that I had to shake my head and make sure this wasn't from a fake account. Uh, this from Jim Wyatt, who covers the Titans for the Titans. Sunday's halftime performance, performers. Well, this has been out. 3-6 Mafia. Yeah. So I thought 3-6 Mafia was big. I see that and I say, oh, they're not as big as I thought because they're doing halftime of an NFL, regular season NFL game. I, they were big. I don't think they're as big now. But 3-6 Mafia goes hard. <laughs> They, they go harder than Jack Harlow. They were in a in a meeting with Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons. They the Titans sent out a video where they were talking to them about like oh, yeah. what they could do. They were like they the started the a video, I think, right? A music video. They're new they're releasing something new or something, I saw. I don't know. I, I gotta say, I'm so out of touch with it. It doesn't no, I think mean they, much. Like to on me. a on a random Tuesday that the team had off, there's a handful of them that went over and they were like Guess yeah, they get cameoed, cameo appearance in the music video. At least that's how I took it on Instagram. Yeah, I, in I, ta I take it as they were in the music video when uh, I saw them. It wasn't a commentary. I was just surprised to see that lined up. Three Six Mafia halftime 
of Titans game. They have to scrub, the, scrub some language? Oh, yeah. Yes. Or, or they just don't. <laughs> yeah, your kids are gonna, your kids are gonna get an education today. You Titans fans. I, I reported once about a song they like to play before the game about punching women in a certain part of their body that didn't seem like a very smart song to be playing pregame. Given did they, their, cha- did they change the song? Well, or they they keep it going? turned it off pretty quickly and issued an apology. We've got uh, Colin Warner, our uh, executive producer over here. He's looking up some Three Six Mafia, and I'm here to tell you. I think you, you can't find any that's yeah. clean unless they really. He's, have, he's, he's, here, here's, search three, the clean six version mafia, is silent. Here's three, the edited mafia, version. Walmart three, version. Two. Here's the edited version. And so, there's Three Six Mafia. Isn't that catchy? Catchy edited version. The, the, <laughs> hey, Simon, I, what I are you listening to? I just love the idea of Colin searching Walmart version Three Six Mafia. And that's what he's going to play when we come back. That's some catchy stuff. Oh, the Sam's Choice. Silence comes back in, in vogue. The Sam's Choice is actually just Jack Harlow. Hutton, don't you tap your toe too hard to that music, man. I won't. Uh, Break a I toe. Won't, I won't. <laughs> uh, coming up, we'll give some other thoughts going into week one and uh, recap uh, the big headlines from today across college football. That is all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. So I can only name one member of 3-6 Mafia. One more than me. Juicy J is one member of 3-6 Mafia. This is not good music. I'm sorry. Oh, this is this is great back in the day, Chad. Would they have been better than Jack Harlow on college game day? Would they have known more about college football? Yes. That's my question. Yes. And they uh, they will be performing halftime at Nissan Stadium according, this Sunday. According to... Wikipedia, which is always correct. Always correct. Sure. Current members of 3-6 Mafia include Juicy J and DJ Paul. Past members include two men who are now deceased, Lord Infamous and Koopsta. I'm not going to pronounce the last one because I don't want to make a huge gaffe on air. Come on. And then the other two members are Gangsta Boo and Crunchy Black. Those are past members. Two of them are dead. I was going to say, are they past members because they're deceased? They have passed. And lo and behold. Hud's going to read the yeah. word there and know why I did not say it on air. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Did I do Fair the right enough. thing? Yeah. Fair Good. enough. Does it involve a slur? Good. Yes. Well, uh, being Possibly. tricked into saying a slur, but spelled <laughs> in a different way. A tricky slur? <laughs> I think that's going to be the description of listened, the halftime show. We've listened to shows dumb enough to say exactly what's on I think about 60,000 right people will be tricked into saying it on yes. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Including the Titans PA guy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the... Oh, this could get rough. <laughs> Oh, Welcome my. back to the game. And the man who just we're back. stepped out and allowed <laughs> a substitute to come in and allow three consecutive <laughs> sacks. Question is toughness. Here's 
Taylor Lewan. <laughs> <laughs> Entering the game <laughs> at left tackle. I forgot all about that. Number last 77, year. Taylor so, so, those who don't know, awesome. new PA guy. Um, and a very nice guy, by oh, the way. This is a great I, universal sports story uh, of what not to do in that. But Taylor Lewan had allowed three of the five sacks to, by, Ch- <laughs> Chandler, by Jones. Chandler Jones in week one last year. I guess and he really the allowed the others by <laughs> leaving the game. It, it, you're, you're right. That's, that's fair, too. Left the game, but came back in in like the third quarter. So Kendall Lamb was in. And in the his new place. public address announcer announces that his Taylor Lewan is back, and this place just booed a rush and uh, boobers oh. mercilessly. Ladies and gentlemen, re-entering the game, <laughs> number seventy-seven, he, Taylor Lewan. And he's thinking, oh, this is a guy from Bussin' with the Boys. The, every, all the fans love this it's guy. It's got to be like Derrick Henry re-entering the oh, game. Oh, it was rough. And and Lewan what mentioned this. What a savvy this. moment by the Titans fan base, though. Did he to mention re- this after the game what was going on. or later after he missed the game? Yeah, he hurt, said, my guy really hung me out to drive. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. And then later, after he missed the Seattle game, or another game, he came back. He was like, you know, it's been a tough year so far. Chad, your big takeaway from the college football weekend was? Florida's better than I expected. And Georgia is Georgia as good again. As Brian Kelly uh, <laughs> isn't doing a great coaching job when his special teams are that big a mess. Back at it tomorrow. Hope you'll join us 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern for Outkick 360. Don't block the box and lock your locks, please. We beg of you. Yeah!